You're listening to the Crackpot Crones podcast with Terry Baum and Carolyn Myers. Hello. I am Carolyn Myers, retired warrior princess of comedy. And I am Terry Baum, slightly world-renowned lesbian playwright. And together we are... The The Crackpot Crows. And today we are going to crack open the allure of the Isle of Lesbos. And Terry went to Lesbos. It's a beacon for lesbians throughout time, throughout history, and certainly in current times. So how did you get there, Terry? Well, I was living in Amsterdam, and I had met a Costa Rican woman who was also living in Amsterdam. She had come to a performance of my play, which was called One Fool, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Dutch, and was about my (laughs) adventures with love (laughs) and the city of Amsterdam. I, I want to throw in here that that Terry had this a credo or a creed and had really schooled me in the idea that you should never fall in love with anyone who lived more than 45 minutes away by public transportation. I believed it. I believed it too. I just, I just, follow, I just never follow my own rules. So we were both living in Amsterdam. I'm thinking about why you went to Amsterdam in the first place. You fell in love with a Dutch woman. Yes, that that was the first time I went to Amsterdam. But then I kept going, coming and going and coming and going. It was for over a period of nine years I lived. Between 85 and 94, I lived about half time in Amsterdam and half time in San Francisco. And it's incredible to me that I went back and forth all the time. I mean, what an enormous amount of work. That was, but somehow I can't believe I did it, but in fact, I did do it. It seems like Amsterdam was an incredible place during that time for gay culture and for lesbians because I know you would write me these letters, and it just it it was amazing all the adventures you were having, things that there were. Yes, in fact, I have a wonderful photo, you know, those classic walls with all the posters that are so artistic on top of each other. Right. And I have a photo of one of those walls with a very prominently displayed photo for my play, One Fool, which was what I was performing. And then all these other things happening in Amsterdam, including the Clit Club. I think you should say that again. Clit Club. <laughs> <laughs> Clit, short for clitoris. This was, it was a very wonderful, outrageous, flamboyant, sophisticated, witty lesbian community. It was quite wonderful. They had this uh, foundation that gave donations to different good social justice causes, and it was called Mama Cash. And then they had... uh, (laughs) I love that. Okay. And then the literary magazine was called Lust and Grace. I mean, these women were really something. At this point, I've been going back and forth and back and forth for a lot of years because I met Deanna in 93, I guess. And I was performing my play, One Fool. 
and and I had a, a book where audience members wrote comments, which is oh, it's always been very important to me what people write by hand in my comment book after a show. So I read it, and it said, "Dear fool, meet me at the Click Club on Friday night, or was this just a play?" Wow, that is fabulous. So. In fact, on Friday night, I had I was having dinner with my friend Ervin, uh-huh. a gay Dutch man, and 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 I was telling him, and I was saying, oh, I'm supposed to go there, but oh, it's too late. And he just threw a hissy fit. He said, "You lesbians are always complaining that you know you don't have any institutions, and then you don't support them like the the, the gay men do. So don't you complain to me anymore if you don't go to the click club tonight." <laughs> Really, truly, yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't have made it there that night if it hadn't been for Ervin. It's like, okay, okay, I'll go. So I went to the Click Club, and immediately this woman comes up to me, and she says, are you the one? Ah. Which is the very first line of my play, One Fool. So I assumed that she was the woman who wrote that wonderful note. Well, of course. Yeah. However, she denied that later. She So presumably, who knows if that woman even came to the Click Club that night. Or yeah. perhaps, perhaps Deanna just didn't want to acknowledge it. I don't know. Anyhow, that's why I was at the Click Club to meet that woman. And I assumed Deanna was that woman. And And then we started talking and she almost immediately told me that the ending didn't work, which I acknowledge would not be a turn on to most people. However, the the ending of your play play that she just just saw didn't work because I had been doing this play for years. If this was 93, I think it opened in 87. I've been doing it all over the world and uh, nobody had ever said the ending didn't work. Right, right. And then I'm just this person who's very, very open to criticism because I do my work to be as good as it can. And as soon as she said it, I realized that she was right. I saw how I could make it work. And I also realized that I was going to spend the rest of my life with her because she took uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately, my work is central. And if somebody can tell me something about my work that I need to know that nobody else said, that's about the most sexy thing anybody can do. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Just what you need and more. Because she was and more. Precisely. My type. She was a butch Latina from Costa Rica. And she herself was a well-known poet. And she was in Amsterdam working for an international press service as an editor and also doing uh, translating. So so then, as it says in this scene, she wanted to take a vacation. When when Terry talks about this scene, we're going to read a scene um, at the end of this podcast called Lesbos and You. And that's that's the scene she's talking. And that is kind of an outtake from my play, Two Fools. The scene Lesbos and You used to be in Two Fools, which evolved. And eventually I felt it was too sprawling and I had to eliminate going to Lesbos. So then I made a very short 
one act out of it. It's about 12 minutes long. That's what we're going to perform. So she had a vacation and I had always wanted to go to the island of Lesbos and she wanted to go to a warm beach. Uh-huh. She She's from the Caribbean. The Caribbean is warm. And Amsterdam is not warm. Amsterdam is rarely warm and is often just miserably cold. I remember one time we we were going to a a movie and we were standing and waiting for the bus. It was totally dark at night. The rain was pouring. It was freezing. It was just, I mean, I can't believe from my San Francisco viewpoint that we actually were going out to a movie in the weather that we couldn't walk to, you know. And I remember Deanna saying, now we are really Dutch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, yeah, you're right. Only a Dutch person would go out and take a bus in this weather to a movie theater. So anyhow, she wanted to be warm. Actually, in fact, the Mediterranean turned out not to be nearly as warm as the Caribbean. I don't think she ever went into water. She watched me while I went in the water. She she didn't understand at all people swimming in water that was not as warm as tepid bath water. Right. And it just was so uh, unappealing to her. But anyhow, we had this... We were in Lesbos for three weeks, and it was very magical, and Lesbos seemed to be a kind of magical place, too. This uh, It really is, during the summer, a major gathering of lesbians from all over the world, with a lot of partying going on, and, yeah. and sex and all that. We were there after that. We came in September. Oh. So Uh we didn't, we were not at all a part of that or even witnessing that, but we met this one woman who was a lesbian. Where was she from? Maybe from England. Anyhow, she had just kind of stayed on after the party time. And she worked for Interpol, which is the international police organization, Wow! you know, for tracking international crimes. So. As a result of her job skills, she knew everything going on with all the Greek people in the island of Lesbos. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I could tell Dion and me all the gossip, so that was really very interesting, getting the lowdown from somebody, from our Interpol policewoman. And the truth is, I really didn't pack my bathing suit. Oh, that's going to come up in the scene. Yeah, you know, and I know people think these things are unbelievable, that somebody wouldn't pack their bathing suit for a beach vacation. (laughs) Just forget it. But it is true that I fell in love with somebody because she told me the ending didn't work and that I forgot my bathing suit for this beach vacation. I had to eliminate the scene where she tells me the ending didn't work because nobody believed. When I took it to my writer's group and we read it aloud, they said, oh, please. There is not a writer in the world that would be attracted to somebody who tells her the ending doesn't work. And I just thought, well, you know, this is not an autobiographical play. It's a fictional play 
that I'm using my life for. And if nobody believes part of it, I can't use that part. So I think that's true. No the point yeah. in, in putting something in. If it is strict autobiography, then people have to say, oh, well, she really did this. But if it's not strict autobiography, then people say, wow, what a lousy writer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I've, a, a lot of your work has been based on yeah. experiences in your life. Yes. And, you know, I really admire that about, I love that about your work. But I know from teaching writing that a lot of people who write autobiographically, even if they're doing it as fiction, they get very stuck on what actually happened. And you don't have any of that. I mean, you're all, you've always seemed very flexible. Well, I, I think I get flexible. After working uh, on it for a while, I think you know, that's right. I started off stuck, but I I change because you know you just have to do what works, and that's all. Playwriting is considered the most difficult kind of writing. Yeah. It has to work for a group of people gathered together in a room. If we can imagine that such a thing would happen, yeah, that's what we always thought. <laughs> It has to work for everybody within real time, in person. Right. And so for me, it's always involved an enormous amount of rewriting. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah. And of course, they're gathered together. They're seeing it. And here you, it has to have the movement and the, you have to accomplish so much right. with, with a little dialogue. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also, like, let's say if I was writing a novel and I put in that the ending didn't work, the, that the main character fell in love with another woman because she told me the ending didn't work, that wouldn't make that much. People would say, oh, that's bullshit. And they just keep going. But, right. But in a play, if you lose people, that's not good. It's no. not so easy to get them back. You do not want to lose anybody at any moment. That, that's a right, big, big right. issue. So you have, it's very demanding, really. Of course, I love that challenge. I really do. Yeah. I love rewriting. So, so you eventually, you stayed in Lesbos for three weeks yeah. and we're going to see a bit of that play. And, and did you end up, did you end up feeling, how'd you end up feeling about the vacation? You said you did um, feel that Lesbos was a magical yeah, place. Yeah, it felt that way to me that. It was very magical for us to be together. We were, uh, we were extremely happy when we were there. And an interesting thing, the first day we were there, I saw this woman sitting alone on the beach. She looked like she had just arrived. I think she was dressed kind of like a flamboyant hippie or something like that. It was, she was dressed kind of very unusually. And she seemed completely in despair. They're just, she wasn't sobbing, but there was something about her energy and how she looked. And she was just staring out at the ocean. And um, I wanted to go up to her and say, are you all right? Do you need help? However, I didn't because I also I felt that she wanted to be alone. Uh -huh. And it was amazing to see her transformation over the time we were there. 
because every time we went to the beach, she was there just sitting on the beach. I, and, and it seemed like she was healing. Yeah. And yeah. That was really interesting because the Interpol policewoman <laughs> told us that she thought she'd been coming to Lesbos for years and she felt it was a healing place. There was just healing energy there. And I saw that happen happening with that woman. I never talked to her because I just didn't know if she wanted anybody to talk to her, even when she was happy, you know? It just seemed like she was there to be alone. And then uh, Lesbos has, there's three places in with uh, petrified wood trees in the world. Oh, One of them oh, is really? in the United States. One of them is in China, and one of them is in Lesbos. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that yeah. because there is petrified wood in the United States. Yeah, so you think it's common, but it's not. Yeah. It's in only three places in the world. And, uh, and, and also, we rented motorbikes at one time to uh, travel around the island. And uh-huh. I and I, Deanna loved it. I was so terrified. Wow! <laughs> yeah. These curvy mountain roads and <laughs> these big tourist buses coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh! I said, if I survive this, I will never ever get on a motor drive a motorbike or a motorcycle again. And then. My friend Elliot said, and if you didn't survive it, you would never cycle <laughs> again. Perfect. Well, I think we I think it's time to hear the scene. Is there any last uh any last memory you'd like to share before we launch? All I can say is I don't find Gracie obnoxious, but many people in the audience have. We had this very playful relationship, Diana and I. And often we had differences and often we played with our differences. And also there were, there were some real incompatibilities too. And we played with those too. So I, I hope the playfulness of our relationship comes across because, wow, that was big. And that was very, that was just so compelling to me. And I'm sure you did take that book of Sappho's poetry with you, I absolutely took Sappho's poetry with me. I mean, Diana was a very, very playful person. And uh, that was a wonderful thing about our relationship. Well, we're going to read the scene, Lesbos and You, and I'll be playing Luna This is Carolyn, and I'll be playing Luna, and she's the character who's based on Deanna. And Terry, reading Gracie, and she is the character based on herself. Yeah. So now we bring you Lesbos and You. Graciela, I have a vacation coming up. But I don't, Luna. How could I? I don't even have a job. I'm not entitled to a vacation. But I am entitled, and I'm entitled to bring my lover with me. That's true. 
It's not like you're having a vacation at all. You're just helping me have my vacation. Oh, you've convinced me. Let's climb a mountain. Let's lie on a beach. Lie on a beach? I want to accomplish something. And I want to accomplish nothing. Oh, a mountain. A beach. A mountain. A beach with warm little friendly waves, warm waves and warm soft breezes. We will lie next to each other, very close and silent, on the warm golden sand. I'm getting the feeling you want to be warm. Oh, amor, you love me so much, you can read my mind. That's so beautiful. I might as well give in. You always get your way anyhow. It's only fair. It's my vacation. Now, we know we are going to lie on a beach. The only question is, which beach will we lie on? Hmm. I got it. The island of Lesbos in Greece. The birthplace of the poet Sappho. Our spiritual homeland as dykes. Oh, more! I've always wanted to go there. It's one of my life goals. There you are. You will be accomplishing something. Here we are, more the island of Lesbos. Look, Amorcito. Here is the golden beach I've been longing for. The guidebook says this is Scala Aresos. This is it, Amorcito. This beach, our homeland, the very place where Sappho had her academy for girls. Oh, that must have been a radical idea 2,600 years ago. An academy for girls? And her love for them inspired her poetry. She was the first person in the Greek world to write about real life, emotions, nature, and not just about battles and kings. The first one. Mm, the sand is so warm. And here we stand now, where it all happened. And there's the mountain I've been longing to climb at the end of the beach. The guidebook says it's called Sappho's Profile. Isn't that perfect? Amazing. It really looks like the head of a beautiful woman. And the sun is setting right next to her. Oh, Mamorcito, thank you for making me go on your vacation. You were right about a beach. I'm always right. It's so wonderful having a lover who's always right. It must be. I've never had that experience. I'll bet you haven't. You have to admit, though, I'm the one who suggested Lesbos. I am eternally grateful to you for that. Come. Lie next to me, my little lesbian. Look, I brought a book of Sappho's poetry. We could read it aloud to each other on the beach where she wrote it. Ah, now we are really accomplishing something. Oh, listen to this. You may forget, but let me tell you this. Someone in some future time will think of us. 
You may forget. Who was this you who might forget? Was it Sappho's lover? Was it the whole Academy for Girls? They would graduate, go on with their lives. Forget about Scala Rezos. But Sappho said she would make them immortal with her writing. And she did it. Here I am, 2,600 years later, lying on Sappho's beach with her poetry in my hand. Oh, Amor, it gives me chills. I would like to point out that you haven't actually laid down yet. Someone in some future time. I hope in 2,600 years, someone will remember us. Maybe I should write a play about us. Then we'll be immortal, for sure. Well, maybe 2,600 years is a little unrealistic. Maybe so. I'll settle for a 100 years. Amorcito, why don't you forget for a few minutes about being remembered? Just relax. Watch the sunset. And tomorrow, we'll come out here in our bathing suits and... I forgot to bring my bathing suit. And we'll spread oil all over each other and let the Greek sun turn us brown. Well, anyhow, the sun turns me red, not brown. What did you say? I said the sun turns me red. No, about your bathing suit. Oh, I forgot to pack it. Oh, well, I'm not surprised. I'm Sure, you didn't have room for it, considering you had to pack the Encyclopedia Britannica and the complete works of Karl Marx so you wouldn't get bored. Oh, not Karl Marx, Herbert Marcuse. You probably took Karl Marx on your last vacation. Look, what's the big deal? I like to read and I forgot my bathing suit. I'll just swim in my shorts and t-shirt. No problem. How did I end up with a girlfriend who forgets her bathing suit? Me who likes to lie in the sun like a lizard. Look at that big ship out there. Ooh, some rich guy's yacht. When I'm rich, I have a big yacht and sail to Lesbos and anchor off this very beach. (laughs) Don't believe in yachts. It's very unecological. I don't think you should have one no matter how rich you are. Fine. When I get one, I won't invite you to go sailing with me. That's not a yacht. That's a battleship. Oh, you're right. Uh, It's because we're right off the coast of Turkey. The Greeks have been enemies of the Turks forever. Shit. I traveled ten hours by plane and four hours by bus to escape the patriarchy, and and there it is off the coast of Lesbos. Oh, just forget about it, Amorcito. Enjoy the beautiful water. The beautiful lesbians lying on the sand. The beautiful sunset to the left of the cliff that looks like a beautiful woman. You see... The sun is just even with Sappho's nose now. How can I enjoy anything when there's a great, big, ugly, gray battleship smack in the middle of it all? Simple. Just stop thinking about it. Like this. See? Ah. ah. If I close, if I lie down and close my eyes like you, how can I see the sunset? What are the Greeks afraid of? Ah! Oh. Do they really think the Turks will invade Lesbos? 
Oh! Macho bullshit posturing. Oh! Why did you move your towel so far away? So I can relax. Ah! Oh, go ahead. Ignore what's going on in the world so you can have a good time. Why do you have to ruin our vacation by obsessing on everything negative? I'm not ruining your vacation. The Greek government put the battleship out there. Oh, but the Greek government does not insist on reminding me that it is out there. You are the one doing that. Look at that little battleship. It's not little. It's huge. Look at my hand. When I hold up my hand, you can see that the battleship is only three fingers wide. Three fingers. Just a little silent battleship. A, a meek battleship. If you look to your right, you don't see the battleship. You only see Sappho's profile. If you look to your left, you don't see the battleship. You only see the verandas of all the cafes with people peacefully sipping ouzo. It's only when you look straight ahead that the battleship takes up a tiny three fingers of the picture. And if you lie down and close your eyes like me, ah, you see nothing. So what is the problem? We are so incompatible. I should not be here with you in the first place. I'm not even entitled to a vacation. You need to be with someone who remembers her bathing suit and wants to lie on the beach like a lizard and ignore the battleships. I need to be with someone who wouldn't choose a beach vacation in the first place, but if she does end up there, wants to discuss the battleships. I love you so much, but it's impossible. Calm down, Amor. Calm down. You're like a bird flying in a storm of your own creation. Amor, sometimes I feel like a horse that needs to be gentled very slowly. Yes, yes, that's what you are, a little horse. Come here, my caballito. <laughs> oh, don't be afraid, caballito. Come to Luna. Come on. Oh, come now. Oh, I will stroke your back, your beautiful mane, caballito. Yes. Yes, this is so nice, my gentle caballito. Oh, here with me. My caballito, my little horse. Here's your book. Will you please read another poem by Sappho? You have to admit it more. It was a good thing to bring her along. It was brilliant. Why would I want a girlfriend who brings her bathing suit on a vacation? They're as common as fleas. I could find hundreds of them. Thousands. But a girlfriend who is a little horse who brings Sappho's poetry. Oh, you're very lucky. Yes, I am. Amor, I found a poem. You're not going to believe this, but Sappho wrote a poem about battleships. No. Yes. Perfect. 
read me Sappho's poem about battleships, just as the sun goes down between her nose and our very own sweet, meek little battleship. Some say cavalry corps, some infantry, some again will maintain that the swift oars of our fleet are the finest sight on dark earth. But I say the finest sight on dark earth is whatever one loves. It's about battleships and us. Yes, I agree with Sappho. You are the finest sight on dark earth. You are the finest. I am the second finest. It's amazing when you think of it that the finest and the second finest sites on Dark Earth ended up together. The battleships have gone to sleep. They've turned off their lights and dissolved into the night. Amor, look at those two little girls playing at the edge of the water. Just as they must have played when Sappho was here. Yes, they must have. Amor, let's go home. We're very far from home. Home means the bed in our pension. Just one last poem. Yes, my poetry-loving Cavallita. One last poem. I was so happy, believe me, I prayed that that night might be doubled for us. You've been listening to the Crackpot Crones podcast with Terry Baum and Carolyn Myers. (laughs) 